0: Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten.
1: Welcome to Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways in which we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. Okay. Okay. I just had to exercise some compassion for myself. <laughs> I recorded an entire show and uh, there was no audio. <laughs> and I'll get into this because I want to just talk about being here in Malta and what reentry is like for me. Um, and when I think about reentry, sometimes it's going to sound a little dramatic. But when I think about it, I sometimes think about like a space shuttle and it comes when it's coming back to earth and it goes through that one part where it's entering the atmosphere and it looks like it's on fire. (laughs) Sometimes that's what it feels like. It is a long journey and it is a very different place. And I had a number of logistical things this time that I was aware of. I, I knew that they were going to be additional Effort and energy uh, to get through them, and I- indeed, I-, I do feel like I'm, <laughs> I do feel like I'm in on fire a little bit. So I believe I've solved the issue. My goodness, I had Zoom issues and microphone issues and audio issues and recording issues. You name it, and I do have a little bit of time to get this show recorded and turned in. And I really wanted to just. You know, continue with the travel series and catch you up on my arrival here in Malta and how it's going, uh, and potentially do an additional show about Malta itself. And then I have a fun guest, uh, that's going to join us a little bit later this month. So, all right, here we are. I'm in my little apartment. It's super cute. It's awesome. It's, it's perfect. It's the best. It's for me. So that's the key, right? It's for me. Now, what I mean by that is not just that it's my own and I'm living alone, which in many ways have been some of the happiest times of my life living alone. Um, I absolutely need company. So it's not that I want to be alone all the time, but there is something to living alone that I quite enjoy. So part of the for me is for that, but also it's perfect for me. I'll give you a quick description. It's probably what in the U.S. we would call a micro studio. It's one room. Uh, there's a bed and a clothes rack and a little dresser and a small fridge and a small kitchen and a little cafe table. And it's decorated really nice. And it's got this industrial, modern vibe to it, which I love. So like the con- you know, the shiny concrete floors and this interesting treatment on the ceiling and a, a really bright orange accent wall that I I really love and lots of color. And there's all kinds of little details in the decor. And the furniture has been chosen for the scale of the place, but also for its storage. So there's a deceptive amount of storage here because as I mentioned before, I have a lot of crap here because when I first you know, moved my stuff here with the intention of coming back and forth until I get a residence permit, I overshot, I overshot. So I have a lot of stuff and I knew I was coming from a huge apartment with Erdogan to a teeny tiny apartment. And you know, I wasn't wasn't sure exactly how it was all going to work out, but it's really, it's wonderful. I've spent the last couple of days putting it together. And so It's a teeny, you know, it's a, it's a micro studio, I would say, I would call it and very cozy and it has everything I need and it's, it's beautiful and comfortable and true to form, even though I'm, you know, my body is giving me clear feedback. So I've talked on the show a number of times about how our bodies give us feedback and sometimes we listen and sometimes we don't, or sometimes we hear it, but we don't want to hear it. Well, mine is kind of yelling at me. And so uh, I do hear it and true to form, I really homed it up. You know, I have a few things left to do, of course, but I've been here a couple of days and it, if you walked into this place, you would think I had lived here a long time because a homey, a homey home is super important to me. So even though I've become a bit nomadic and I really do like to move around and travel and see some variety, once I get to a place, I like to make it homey if I'm going to be there uh, for a bit, the bathroom is awesome. So (laughs) the bathroom at the last flat, there were two bathrooms, which was a requirement for me. If I live with somebody because of my gut issues and my need to get to the bathroom unobstructed because when I have been living alone, but had overnight guests, I've literally had to like poop elsewhere. (laughs) I maybe won't get into that today, but When somebody has been in my bathroom, I've had to be quite resourceful, uh, when I have to go. And so for me, if I'm going to live with somebody, there has to be two bathrooms, but it's just me here. And this bathroom was awesome. So at the last flat, my little bathroom was the ensuite, um, to the big primary bedroom and it was, it was tiny and the shower was just tiny. It was sort of a corner shower. And even though, I mean, I'm a tall person, but I'm pretty, um, thin and it was hard for me to even kind of, you know, reach down and wash my feet and move around without banging into the um, water, the, the temperature thing, and either making it cold or hot. Or, and there, there were a few issues. And the fan was attached to the light switch. And we nicknamed it the helicopter. We nicknamed that bathroom the helicopter because <laughs> that's what the fan sounded like. It was loud and it sounded like a helicopter and it was attached to the light. So if you needed light in there, you had to also have the helicopter noise. So it was fine. I made do. There was no counter space. There was no storage. I worked it out. Um, But, you know, it wasn't awesome. Erdogan also had some issues with his bathroom that bugged him. Um, And so, you know, in the listing, there was a, a partial shot of the bathroom. And I could tell that it was modern. Um, I could tell that it was a, probably a good bathroom, but I must say it's got one of those really big walk-in showers that are kind of part of its open. So you're not closed in completely same modern industrial vibe. It's got a rain, like kind of a rain shower, um, as well as a, a, a wand. And I saw, I think it was on one of those Buzzfeed lists that I find kind of entertaining, I saw somebody from, I think, Europe or the UK say, I don't understand America and why the, the, in the showers, it's all mounted to the wall or to the ceiling. How do you wash your naughty bits? That's what they called it. How do you wash your naughty bits? And having been here in Europe off and on for the last 18 months, I must say it's nice. (laughs) It's nice to have a wand. I think we all have a method. I, I tend to just kind of throw my leg up on the wall and take care of it. I am a little unsteady right now. My, my body is giving me some clear feedback that um, I am uh, depleted. I'm depleted for sure. So I'm not throwing my leg anywhere at this, at this moment. So anyway, it's beautiful. It's got this sink that, that um, it's high. Like I don't have to bend over at all. To use the sink and it's got these huge drawers that pull out that I could store so much stuff in. And then a big cabinet on the wall to store things in a good toilet. Sometimes, you know, the toilets are a mix and it's a really good toilet. And then I have a terrace that overlooks the country and the sea. So I'm here on the island of Gozo. It's a smaller island. So the Maltese islands consist of Malta, Camino, which is just like a stopover for day trips and things. People typically don't live on Camino. Uh, it's just a day trip place to explore. And I think there are some, I haven't been there yet, so maybe I'll wait. I'll wait until I go there and then I'll tell you what it is because I'm not totally sure. We passed it on the ferry. Uh, but you take ferry from the big island of Malta to the small, smaller island of Gozo. And I did rent this apartment without ever having been to Gozo. I had just not gotten out here yet. However, I had heard people talk about Gozo so many times and in so many ways. And um, I noticed that the film By the Sea, it was called. It was Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I am not sure how many people saw it, me and a few other people, but I quite enjoyed it. It is about a couple at the end of their relationship. So it's moody and uh, it's moody. And, you know, they're they're uh, on the outs and it's awfully beautiful. And so anyhow, here I am and I can see the sea from my uh, terrace and I can see the uh, country, they call it. So they call it a country view. And here in Gozo, there's more green. There's more green and open space. And I'm in a small village called Shara. It starts with an X, actually but it's pronounced Shara and it's near the beach. So I have a beautiful uh, beach called Ramla beach that is walkable. And I can actually see the sea from the road in front of my apartment building and out on the terrace. Again, this was not totally clear from the listing and I did ask the agent a few questions, but you know, I felt pretty good about it. And so I just asked a few questions, but I, I wasn't really hypervigilant about it there's a storage unit out there with a washer and uh, typically there are not dryers here. I did have a tumble dryer in the last apartment and I did use it for sheets and things, but typically everyone hangs their, uh, their laundry because uh, the weather is so nice here throughout the year. And so there is a washer in there and some storage, which is great because I got a lot of stuff, as I said, and then there's a little gate Uh, That goes to a circular staircase that goes up to the roof. So, me and my neighbor have separate gates and we can come through them and go up on the roof. Now, as I mentioned, I'm depleted and I did not climb up there yet, but I am going to go up there when I feel a little bit more perky and take some photos. I suspect I'll be able to. I have a pretty beautiful view from my terrace and I suspect I'll be able to also, uh, see some fantastic views from up there and just, um, I'm just going to mention this. So, you know, I am very cost conscious at this point. Um, part of the reason that I'm depleted is from stress. It's not just from travel. Um, cause my travel went pretty well, which I'll also update you on, but I've been carrying a tremendous amount of stress in my body. And part of it is financial. Um, most of it is financial, actually. The, the two big areas are my condo, my beautiful condo, the Octopus's Garden. It's back on the market. And I have until the end of August to sell it. And then I'm going to have to make a different decision. So if I'm not able to sell it, I, I think I have maybe one option with the mortgage company where I hand the deed over. And I'm hoping to do that and walk away without owing anything. <laughs> it would be great to sell it, of course. I'm not going to walk away with anything, a couple bucks maybe. So it's in no way at this point about making money. It is about freeing myself from the monthly commitment, um, which is around $4,700 a month between the mortgage and the HOAs. So I tell you that to uh, explain why I have stress in that area and also for perspective That this cute place that I just described, uh, the base rent, there's a few little, you know, few little extras, the common area and some utilities and internet. Um, But the base rent here is 550 euros. And when I add all those other things in, it's 650 euros. And the dollar's down a bit uh, right now. So it's a little bit more in US dollars. But the, (laughs) the difference is it's sort of shocking. Um, and that's part of why I'm putting my effort, my energy, my resources into making a life that certainly includes Malta. Um, and perhaps depending on how everything plays out, I will be here more than not. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. My travel went well. Um, I flew United this time, and I just want to say, hey, United, you know, if there is anybody listening that works for United, that knows somebody that works for United, and I will also uh, send them a little note. It was one of the best flight experiences I've had in a long time. And their tagline, I believe, is fly the friendly skies, I think. They were very friendly, truly. And they thanked us. A number of times for being there and for choosing them and I don't you know air travel is what it is and it's for me the experience of it has always been uncomfortable physically but in terms of the service and the friendliness and the amenities and so forth it's declined quite a bit over the years I think any of us who travel uh, economy hello any of us who travel economy that's me um, know that I, I've, I sometimes in the past have upgraded to just give myself a little treat or I've upgraded for more legroom. I'm not in an upgrade. I'm not in an upgrade situation right now with my money. And so as long as I can get an aisle, uh, I just am grateful for that. And so, um, you know, I'll just tell you my flight, what my flight was, which is interestingly the most common question. Well, how do you get there? Where'd you go? Well, it it depends. It depends. But this time I went from Portland to Chicago, to Munich, to Malta, to then get my things where they were stored, then to the ferry, then from the ferry to Gozo, and then to the apartment. So that was my journey. And um, the second flight, the international flight, was on a 787. I'm not sure if I've been on a 787 before, maybe, but it was a big old plane. And unlike the other two flights, the United flight to O'Hare and the Air Malta flight from Munich to Malta, it was not full. And so I had a whole row. I had a whole row. It's the thing that I fantasize about sometimes when my body is just killing me. Like there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to move. It's, you know, you're hours and hours in and you just think, oh, if I could just lay down. Now, what I will note is that I did lay down um, when I felt like I could maybe sleep a little bit. I'm not, I'm not a great sleeper on planes, particularly since I've given up all my pharmaceuticals. I just, yeah, you know, it is what it is. And I watch movies. Usually, usually I just watch movies past the time. I did feel like I might be able to sleep. So I did lay down and I did take a nice nap, uh, which was refreshing. Uh, but I, I noted that I was still uncomfortable. I tried all kinds of ways of laying down. I tried all kinds of ways of sitting and like putting my feet out, which it's so luxurious truly when you're flying economy. And I was still uncomfortable because yeah, it's uncomfortable, but it went, it went well and everything was on time. And even though I had a pretty short layover in O'Hare, I got to the gate and no problems. And I am learning that the Air Malta flights from Munich and Frankfurt or wherever they're coming from, you know, they're typically back and forth flights. And so if something is a little delayed earlier in the day or a little delay here, a little delay there, by the time I get my flight, it runs about an hour late and it says it's on time it always says it's on time and then it's not on time and i just learned that i've just learned finally i'm like ah okay the flight the last flight cuz you get to that last one and you just ooh you so badly you know you got to get on that plane and you so badly kind of want to be like okay i'm going to make it through this last 2 hours i'm going to get off this plane and even though i had lots of other stuff to do i was you know excited to get off the plane um packed it was late it was packed And, uh, oddly I had a middle seat. I don't, I I haven't really had a middle seat in a long time. I didn't realize that I was sitting between a couple until they got off and she said something to him about, about waiting for him. I thought, "Hmm, well, that's interesting. So they either, and they didn't speak a word to each other or even look at each other the whole time. So I don't know what that's about. That's either about that or they have a strong preference. Uh, for the seat that they sit in. I did have to bother her to get up because I, I had to get up. I was starting to suffer and I knew I was not gonna make it. So yeah, I had to annoy the 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 Maltese woman that was on the aisle, but it 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 all went it all went well. Okay. So I had arranged a ride because getting from the airport to Paula where my things were stored because As I mentioned on one of my other shows, I had an apartment through friend. It fell through. I really don't exactly know what happened. And I do have some feelings about it. I am in my feelings a little bit about it. Not about, not necessarily about not being in that apartment because it was, it was rough. It really wasn't ready to be rented. It was kind of a friend thing. And so I was going to, there was a lot that I was going to need to do in order to make it livable for me. And where I've landed is wonderful I, being on Gozo, I think is gosh, it just feels like a vision I had. I was at my mom's, and I was looking at those Italy, you know those Italy homes that were kind of in rural areas, and you pay a euro or a hundred euros or something, and then you commit to spending at least ten thousand euros to fix them up and I tried to email about it and inquire about it, and I poked around online and Um, you know, it just, it didn't, I didn't readily get a response and it seemed kind of complicated, but I showed some of them to my mom when I was visiting her one time. And I remember saying to her, I just have this vision of myself as an older woman. I said, now I think I'm probably already an older woman. I guess it just depends on your perspective. I'm creeping up on 53. It doesn't feel that old, but whatever. I, I said, I had this vision of myself as an older woman walking through a village that looks kind of like this. Um, and just, you know, going to the market and saying hello to some people who I've gotten familiar with. And I, it looks like this and I've never been here, (laughs) but it looks like this. That's what the vision looked like. Now in the vision, I was saying hello to some people and I don't know anybody yet. So nobody's saying hello to me yet. And in my vision, there weren't as many cars. There's far, far fewer cars here on Gozo than there are on Malta. Uh, there's a ton of cars on Malta. Uh, people like their cars here. That's kind of the, you know, it's the best way to get around. There's really only one, like the public transit uses the same roads as the cars. So the buses and the cars are together. And those are the options, the buses, the cars and the bolts, and we're all using the same roads. So that's why people prefer their own cars. So there's lots of cars, much less uh here on Gozo, but still, still some, some, uh some traffic. So I had arranged a ride through a driver that I used last time I was here and we chatted and you know we just got to know each other a little bit and he seemed really nice and he came to pick me up twice and so I had his his WhatsApp contact information and I felt uh I felt safe actually using him. So a word about that. The other apartment situation has unsettled me in terms of how it went down and and the money that I paid, which I don't know if I'll get that money back, but I I know I paid for something that I didn't receive and I don't have a contract or receipt or anything like that. Um, Lesson clearly learned. So the lesson is learned, but it doesn't mean that I don't have some feelings about it and I don't feel a sense of betrayal it's a little bit of a presentment, which is a pre resentment where the thing hasn't necessarily happened, but you think it's going to happen. So you already have feelings about it. So I'm aware that that's not very useful. And still, I'm having feelings about it. And I, you know, betrayal to me, lying and betrayal are rough. I, those things really hurt me uh, and leave a lasting mark on me. And so I have some of that percolating. And so the reason that I say I trusted this person is just, I don't, I don't know him, but you know, he's 27 and just, you know, trying to make a life until he can move on to another place. And he was just friendly and supportive. And we talked about our lives a little bit. And when I contacted him, I, I said, do you have some advice for me? Because. The bolts don't typically go, I don't think, from the big island to gozo, like because you get on the ferry and they're just mm, they're not they're not making the money they could make, right? By just staying on Malta and serving people on Malta. And so I just said, Do you have any advice for me? Here's all the things I need to do when I get there. And I needed it to go efficiently because this is a brand new apartment for me and somebody's meeting me with keys. And so not only was I arranging a ride, getting my stuff, getting to the ferry, going over to the other island and getting to the, to the apartment, I was trying to coordinate my arrival time so that me and the person driving me were not waiting. I knew that it was going to be hot in the sun. And I also knew that I had a lot of things, uh, that we needed to unload and bring up to the apartment. And so I knew that there was, you know, some significant labor involved. And so I was in close communication with both, both the p- person meeting me with the keys and the driver to try to make that as, uh, seamless as possible. So everything was fine. He picked me up at the airport. He was right where he said he would be when he said he would be there. And we went to the Paula apartment and it was untouched from the last time I saw it, which, you know, was again, in no way ready to be lived in. So that's, yeah, it's a little confusing to me. Uh, because I only had two and a half weeks' notice that I didn't have the apartment, so yeah, I just feel like something's amiss there. But anywho, uh, we made it there, and we got all my stuff into his relatively smallish car. I had sent him a photo of my stuff to make sure that he knew how much stuff I had, because I didn't want to get caught, not being able to get my stuff in the car, because that would have been a bummer. And we had to make a whole new plan. And we got my stuff in the car and uh, went to the ferry. And then, okay, I'm going to tell you what happened. And we are going to take a a quick break. And uh, when we get back, I'm going to give you the trigger warning now. I am going to talk. I was not sexually assaulted uh, this time. I do have that in my past. And something did happen with this driver. And so I'm going to talk about that. And if that is not something you want to hear or listen to, I'm not going to go into great detail about any of the previous uh, assaults. I'm going to talk about a couple things, uh, but you might want to pause and kind of fast forward. Okay. You are listening to freedom for humans and we will be right back.
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at GiraffeTangoOctopus.com. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. Okay, so I'm on the ferry with my driver and he starts to sit very close and touching me. And um, I, I just started to move away and to try to sit at a distance and stand at a distance. And here is the thing about my background and history. I have experienced a number of sexual assaults, including a couple of rapes and coercions and a variety of things, uh, a lot of aggression uh, from men, a lot of sexual aggression, some sexual violence. And during the year that I really spent doing deep healing, I spoke to I had this lovely therapist, Alexis, during that time. And I recounted a story to her that I carried so much shame about. And so again, I'm just going to give you a quick trigger warning. I was raped and he drove me home and asked me to kiss him goodnight. And I did it. And I, I've held a lot of shame about that. And when I told her and I explained kind of the whole situation, there were guns, like there were guns involved. There was a dark road and guns and nowhere to run and nobody to hear me scream and stuff like that. And I calculated that it was better for me to comply um, in order to, uh, of course I was being harmed, but I didn't want to be harmed worse than I was being harmed. And that has typically been my approach. And then what happens is there, you blame yourself, right? You feel ashamed and you blame yourself um, for not, you know, fighting or screaming or all these things. But the thing is, I am always calculating is there a, an escape route? You know, what, what is my risk? Um, how, who is this person? How big are they? But, but ultimately, it doesn't matter how big they are. Um, For me, men, regardless of their size, are always typically stronger, just the makeup of their body Um, and their hormones, you know, the testosterone that flows through them and all that, they're stronger Um, and I've been overpowered. Um, And so however strong I might think I am, which right now I'm not, I'm depleted from the stress that I mentioned and, you know, however strong I might think I am, I've been shown that when, uh, pun intended, push comes to shove, I'm typically no physical match uh, for a man and particularly right now. And so anyway, I, I recounted that and she said, you know, you, you, you played it smart and you got out of that situation with the, probably the least amount of harm even though, you know, that's terrible, right? That that happens to me. And it's terrible that it happens to anybody. It really released me just a few sentences <laughs> released me from that. And so anyway, we, we got here. I was, I was a little uncomfortable and I was trying to, uh, you know, do that thing or you subtly move away and just try to, because I'm, he's got all my stuff and we're in this car together and, you know, it was kind of a tough situation. So we get all of my stuff up here, we get the keys and we get my stuff up here and we're both like sweaty and tired and we're sitting in my little, you know, we're kind of standing here and he sits down and says, oh, I need to rest for a little while and, and I'm uncomfortable and I say, well, yeah, and we need to get you back on that ferry so you can get back to Malta because he was doing it. You know, I paid the full amount because he, he has to pay bolt 50% of what he makes. So I, I understand, I understand all of that. And so I was making sure I don't want him to get in trouble you know, with his work or anything like that. So, but I also wanted him to go, and he stood up and he he went to hug me, and he hugged me and wouldn't let go of me, and so I I was trying to pull away, and it lasted just longer than I wanted, and then he kissed my face, and then he grabbed my face, I like pinched my face kind of hard, and I've seen that happen uh, in other cultures, and I've seen it happen like between couples, and so. I don't totally understand it, honestly. I don't totally understand what it means, but i i see it as some kind of um, uh, act of affection, maybe. But boy, I don't like it, and I did not like it, and it was completely inappropriate. I mean, we're basically strangers, and I'm twice his age, and I'm so anyway. I was recounting this um, to Erdogan, which I'm not sure if I'll we'll have time to explain. Uh, the conversation that I had with Erdogan uh, after I got here, but I was recounting it to him and he said, why did you not slap his face? (laughs) And I explained that's dangerous because we were in my apartment. We were in an enclosed space and I'm behind three locked doors here. There's a locked uh, entrance, you know, at the building entrance. There's a locked door that leads to a tiny foyer where my apartment door and then my neighbor's apartment door is. And then there's the locked door to my apartment. So it's very cozy and safe and quiet. And I was also in it with somebody who wasn't picking up the signals and yeah, just yuck. And so I did what I normally have done over the course of my life, which was I just sort of acted like nothing was happening and got him out, got him out of my apartment. Now, that does not mean. That I was not upset and I didn't even really take time to be upset right then. For me, when something happens that violates, feels like a violation, um, sometimes it takes a little while for that to settle in my body and my spirit and to purge the emotions of that. So, um, you know, I just sort of carried on with my activities. Which, okay, so here's, here's what I needed to do right when I got here. I needed water. <laughs> um, the water, the tap in Malta is not potable. And I boiled it one time, the first February that I was here. You know, I just was out and I think maybe the stores were closed or I was feeling like I feel right now, which is pretty weak, um, pretty weak, my physically weak. And uh, I thought, well, you have a water pile, boil it and see how that goes. No, that's a no. It's a hard no. You can't drink the water here uh, from the tap. So, okay. And I had had an idea of where the small market was that was walkable from my apartment. Now, my body is giving me uh, all kinds of feedback about the level of sort of stress and fear and discouragement that is happening around my condo that I mentioned, and just the building of my business. It's, it's been about a year where I've really, you know, I've really been quite focused and it's, I, yes, some things are happening, but it's certainly not what I imagined. It's taking much longer. I'm very much still using savings and, you know, my mom helps me some and, and, you know, I'm I'm reaching the end of the road, really, uh, where I either have to tap my IRA. Like thankfully I have that. I do have that. I have to either tap the IRA and pay the penalties. Or, you know, I has gotta make some I just gotta make something happen. But I'm trying to make something happen. I'm doing lots of things. And that doesn't mean that there's a lot of money coming in for them. And over the course of time, that has really Taking a toll on me as much as I do to bring myself into the present and focus on the work and focus on the purpose and focus on my relationship with money. Um, it's, it's getting to me, it's gotten to me. And so I'm, I'm a little shrunken. Um, and I don't weigh, as I've mentioned, I don't weigh my body. I don't have any interest in it really, but I'm have no energy. My appetite has disappeared. I can eat, but you know, I kind of force myself to eat and I get a few bites in and it feels like I've just hit a wall and can't put anything else in, which of course isn't great because I'm really depleted at this point and I can see some ribs and, you know, my chest is super bony and my hip bones are sticking out. So those are the things I noticed those things and my energy levels. <clears throat> so, I know that I got to go get water and that I look and see when they're, when they close and I just have to go like, like I got to go. And I can't really wait around to see how my gut is doing. Now everything shows up in my gut. (laughs) So not only do I have all the health conditions that I've told you about that make it uh, necessary for me to manage my life around the bathroom. um, But when I'm stressed or traveling or, you know, upset or any of that stuff, it, it shows up in my gut. So I know this, but I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have faith. I'm going to go and I'm going to hope I don't have a public pooty storm. So I go and it's not that it's far. It's not far exactly. It's hilly, which I, which I enjoy under regular circumstances right now. I don't enjoy it because I don't feel very well uh, but it's hilly and it is super hot here. And on that day, there was no wind. Now, if you're hearing any little clangity clang noises, I d- I'm not sure that you are. But if you are, the wind has been whipping uh, the last couple of days, which has been allowed me to have my door open and to take a break from the AC and to to go out on the terrace a little bit and not just be overwhelmed with the heat. But on that particular day, it was hot as balls. So I get to the store. I start to do my little shopping. I know I can only carry so much because I now know kind of what the terrain is, and and I'm weak, and I gotta walk back, and I gotta carry a couple at least of you know two liter bottles of water. Plus, I do need some food. Now, um, I am finding that ordering food and getting it delivered here. There's a service called Volt, Wolt. W o l t. That's been great. Um, I've ordered uh, Turkish food. That's I love Turkish food, and I've ordered Turkish food a couple of times. It comes very quickly. It's pretty good. And so that's been great. But, you know, I don't want to not have food in, in my apartment. So I'm gathering my little things and there comes the bubble gut. Yep, there it comes. So I ask if I can use the ba- Is there a bathroom? Now, my first visit here two Februarys ago, I had the exact same thing happen in a different store. First time to the store. Exact, exact same thing. First outing. And they would not. Now, I don't know what was going on with the bathroom, but they would not let me use it. And so I did make it eventually. They told me eventually when they just saw me suffer and suffer and suffer, they finally mentioned, oh, you can go across the street to sparkle people, which is like um, it's kind of like a Malta version of a Rite Aid or something kind of like that. Um, They said you can go across. And indeed, there was an accessible bathroom, multiple stalls. I didn't have to ask anybody you know, for somebody like me, that's, uh, that's always a a blessing. So here we are. It's happening again. And, but, but she said, Oh yeah, right there. It said employees only. And I just slid the little, kind of one of those little plastic sliding doors, very clean, well-maintained, but the toilet, uh, I, I looked at the toilet and it was the same toilet that was at the apartment that I, that I lost. And I was already a little concerned about it. I just was concerned about the functionality of it. So I take care of myself and I flush and oh boy, no, it's not going to, one flush is not going to do it. Um, And so I wait and 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 I am sweating into my eyeballs and I feel like I'm going to pass out in this tiny little hot bathroom because I don't want to leave that. Like they were so nice to let me use the bathroom. And that just, just to me is just rude. And of course I don't want that. And but I can't wait any longer because I feel like I'm gonna pass out. So I go out and I finish, you know, I finish gathering my things, and I go back into the. I just pop back in there and flush again, and it just it needs a third flush. But I know that it's gonna take a long time, and I'm withering, I'm withering. So I go up, I pay for my stuff, I think about walking to the back of the store and flushing again, but I, I can't, and I just sort of say to myself, well. I hope that I don't know what I hope. I just felt and I'm kind of recognizable. And so I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to be the the woman, the tourist." They because I look like a tourist, of course. I don't want to be the woman that did that, but hey, listen, it is what it is, right? So, ugh, so that okay. So I get back and I get my stuff back here and I will just say that I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling with my body and I had so much pent up stress and they're completely connected. So, you know, because my spirit, my emotions, my body, they're, they're all connected. And so my body is kind of breaking down and this is not new, this, this loss of appetite, this no energy. Um, you know, I came out of the shower today and was just trying to just hit my bangs with a a hairdryer um and cuz i got some fringe and i my knees went out like I, really i thought oh i'm going to pass out so i i sat down i just sat down um and it and it passed but it's you know it's not nothing it's not nothing it's not oh i'm tired from traveling or oh i'm jet lagged i'm i'm depleted and uh thin and i yeah. I've been through this before and I also had so much, I don't know how what I would describe, but I had a lot of emotions to kind of purge out of me. So I found myself crying quite quite a lot and I was really crying a couple nights ago. Um, just sobbing like that kind that it's coming from inside your soul somewhere. The some hurts and some betrayals and, and some fear about financial insecurity and some fear about the direction of my business and feeling discouraged and feeling messed over by, you know, people that I thought I could trust. And so I am really bawling and Erdogan checks in on me. Now, the way that I left when I, you know, when I left several months ago, three months ago, things had degraded to the point that we really couldn't talk about anything and it was better to just keep things quite brief. And then when I was in the U S and he was here, we tried a couple of times, but emotions were still high on his end. And so he really wanted to be back together. And I, I di- I don't, um, just because. The information that I gathered from the time that I spent together in a, in a living together situation was just that that's, that's not the right choice for me. And I have always maintained that I hoped we could be friends. He's declined that a couple of times. I'm not sure from a cultural perspective that he's ever actually experienced that, And I've tried it with, I tried with my husband, I tried with my long-term partner. And although those were somewhat, they were a bit of a calamity, you know, in both cases for in different ways and for different reasons, I certainly don't regret trying. There's so much that develops between two people in a relationship that when it ends, to not be able to retain the friendship, I think for me, has in many cases been one of the hardest things. There are other things, of course, that are hard about it. And we talked about that a bit with Dr. Azevedo when he came on the show a few weeks ago and talked about friendship. Um, We talked about how how hard that is to also lose that. And Erdogan is someone who, if I had my druthers, I would be friends with, or I would at the very least try to cultivate a friendship with. There's so many things about him that I love, like, enjoy, am entertained by, am um, interested in. And so he was messaging me and I said, he said, are you okay? And I said, no, not really. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm tired and I'm going to cry a little bit. I'm tired. And it's a kind of tired, it's sort of a kind of tired that it just, it feels like it's. It feels like it's everywhere. It's not travel tired, jet lag tired, you know, insomnia tired. Like all those things are true because the jet lag triggers my insomnia. Um, although the stellar sleep has really been very helpful in terms of perspective, it doesn't mean that I don't have trouble sleeping sometimes, and so. Certainly I'm, I'm discombobulated from the, um, the time change. And so, and also just the, the financial stuff, the condo I've been up and down with for 18 months or more, um, you know, the business and building the business, um, and, and just feeling like I really put a ton of effort in and, and sometimes I spend, 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 and I just don't necessarily see the earning. And so I'm tired. And so I was sobbing though from, I mean, I was sobbing and I said that, I said, I can't really talk because I'm crying so hard. And I know that, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't mean to paint really. I don't like to paint anybody with a broad brush. It's not just men that don't enjoy <laughs> women crying. Sometimes people often don't enjoy crying. I am a free crier. And if somebody cries, it doesn't bother me one bit. You know, I was a therapist in my earlier life and lots of people cried and uh, lots of people have cried. You know, I've been a leader a long time in my jobs and lots of people cried. And I just say the same thing. Uh, Crying is not an emergency. It's just, it's just crying. It's really, it's, it's cleansing and it's important. And when you need to do it, you really do need to do it. But I knew it's not he's, he's pretty good with it, but I also know it's not his favorite. And so I was basically saying, you know, this is what you're going to (laughs) get. And so probably maybe a different time to talk, but he, he really did want to talk with me. And so, you know, for the first few minutes, I just sobbed, sobbed on the phone and he just was saying my name over and over in that voice that I've heard him use with his son, who I know he loves so much. It's just very gentle and supportive and compassionate. And the things that I'm struggling with, he has experienced all those things and he's experienced them not, not that long ago and is still experiencing them. And he, I knew that he would understand it all and he did. And it just was, it was great to just get that support and to be able to purge that those deep kind of the just the deep emotions that i well i try not to hold emotions in my body because i know that that it uh depletes me and kind of degrades degrades my uh my health in a way it it still has been happening uh even with all my efforts um to quell it so uh anyway i knew i did talk with him we were able to speak calmly And with love for each other, about potentially being friends and giving that a try, and we agreed to do that. Um, I'm I'm glad, open hand, of course, always holding in an open hand, and it just seemed such a shame to me not to give it a try, just because it didn't work out in my other relationships. Those were not those are different. This is a different relationship. I'm different. He's a different person, and so. I don't ever, you know, I want to learn from my experiences, like the things that have happened with the driver, the things that happened with the apartment. Those are I'm, gotcha. I'm like, okay, all right. I hear you. I get it. And in this case, I'm much uh, happier to give it a try and maybe it doesn't work out and maybe I shed a few tears over it. Oh, well. Um, and so, uh, you know, the other thing that I know when I get in this place, I've been in this place before uh is that I need some help and uh I need somebody to help me get groceries like big groceries like like really supply my apartment and I did I did order water to be delivered and so I'm going to address that but in but until it comes I do I need more water I need help getting groceries I need some company and I need somebody to eat with and I know that from before those were the things that helped me to start to get my energy back and my bring my spirit back a little bit. I feel uh, whew, I'm not sure if I have a word for it. I feel mm, I don't know. I just it's tough. I'm I'm just having a tough time. And there was a time I would have not asked for help. I would have thought, well, I just have to do it myself and. I have to get my own groceries and push through it and get your own water even if you have the bubble gut or <laughs> all this stuff. And I'm not doing, I am not doing that. And you know, when I was sobbing on the phone, he was like, I will come right now. I'm coming right now. I said, no, it's late. And, and I actually that would that would actually kind of add stress. I want to try to sleep. Uh, but he is coming. Um, he is coming um, to help me. Uh, so when he said he was going to come, I said, can you please help me get, get water and groceries and he said of course yes of course I will and so I that that perked me up and I talked to my mom and that perked me up and my place is super cute and you know I really do I guess what I want to say um I only just have a few minutes left but you can be in a place where you want to be and and where you feel connected and like where your spirit feels like it's meant to be and struggle And it's not necessarily that it's the wrong place or the wrong choice. It's just a struggle and life is filled with them. My life has been filled with them and I'm listening to my body and I'm taking some action and um, I am taking care of myself and I have a friend coming and I'm grateful I am. You can find me at octopus.com across social media at GTO Coaching. I'm on TikTok at Coach Kirsten. And if you're having trouble sleeping and you want to give Stellar Sleep a try, you can use stellarsleep.com slash GTO and get a 30% discount because it is a bit of an investment and it's also a really great app. So if you're thinking about it, please do use the link so you can get the good discount. Okay. Um, I, you know, I enjoy talking with you every week. I know you're not talking back or maybe you are, but I can't hear you. And I hope that, you know, the show is in some way entertaining or informative. And I will talk with you next week. Love yourself, free yourself, be yourself and dance your own tango.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.